Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. This is Talk O Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. We are officially your Taco Tuesday podcast that is here to recap every single week, it looks like, because the Lakers <laughs> played again tonight. They beat the Phoenix Suns. What was the final score? 123 to 115. I'm Alex Padilla. Alex Regla's over there. You can catch us on Twitter at AlexPadilla86 for me, at AlexMRegla over there. Alex, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I didn't know that the Lakers were playing at home tonight. <laughs> it feels like every Phoenix game is like a like eighty percent Laker fans, right? I was a little surprised last night watching the Raptors ba- Raptor fans basically take over Staples Center. Uh-huh. Not as much, not as surprising when the Lakers come into town and they have more fans in the home team, but it definitely sounded like a home game for the Lakers tonight in their victory over the Suns. For sure, I mean, I, and uh, this game also kind of felt like those old, like late two thousand games between the Lakers and the Suns, because the Suns are actually good this year. So those games, this game was way more intense, and it's gonna be like a little fun rivalry between these teams, these two teams going forward. I think we were talking a little bit before we started recording that this seemed like kind of the first time that the Lakers had to rely on their offense to close out a game. It's always been like like buckle down defensively, you have a lead. This time it was just such a back and forth game the entire time. Like it almost seemed like whoever had the ball last was going to score. The Lakers managed to pull away at the end, but it did have that vibe of whoever has the ball at the end is just going to win this thing. Yeah, like uh like their defense the last few games hasn't been that great and their offense wasn't great last game either. So this is kind of maybe the first game all season where their offense kind of built out their defense and there's just a few a ton of numbers that they won this game that they haven't been winning lately and I'm impressed like this we've kind of been waiting for this team to kind of explode on offense and finally start making some threes and uh, they finally started doing that tonight so that, at least that was an encouraging sign I, I wish the defense was a little better but uh, I guess that's a trade-off I guess we're going to have with this team before we dive into the details of tonight's victory I really um want to say that you mentioned a stat today that like blew my mind just before we started recording and then we looked at the numbers and it's just crazy what the Lakers did tonight but before we get into tonight's game we said they were going to go two and one last week when we when we recorded our first ever talk O Tuesday by the way <laughs> um and when they did go two and one the disappointing loss is that I don't think that either of us thought they were going to lose to the Raptors and they lose to the Raptors, but we were both correct on two and one. I believe the Lakers still have the best record in the NBA after tonight. They're eight and two on the season. So before we go detail about tonight's Suns game, your overall thought on the first ten games of the season, where the Lakers do have the second best record in the NBA. The Celtics are eight and one, so the Celtics have the best record in the NBA. The Lakers are eight and two to start the season. Overall thoughts on the Lakers. I've been impressed. Like, I didn't think they were going to click this fast. I thought there was going to be some growing pains. Um, I thought they were going to win, like, six, six, seven games. I didn't think they were going to win eight out of ten. Like, that's really impressive. I thought their defense specifically has just been way better than I kind of ever thought it was going to be. Like, I'm definitely, I was definitely wrong about this defense, at least early on. Like, so far through ten games, I've been really impressed. I think Dwight has been, like, a revelation for this team. My goodness. He was huge again tonight. I thought his energy off the bench, kind of creating second chance points, was huge. Um, like other like free agent guys, like Avery Bradley, I thought I think has been really great. Like 
way better than I also expected for him to be. Um, and that's kind of, they've kind of taken, like, not the shine, but they've kind of, like, filled in the voids that aren't up to speed yet. Like, Kuzma's still kind of working himself back into, the, like, his, uh, getting his sea legs back. And tonight was his first real big game back where we kind of saw the old Kuzma and he hit some huge shots down the stretch there. So there's definitely room for improvement. Like the bench still needs a lot of work and maybe Rondo coming back and Kuzma starting to get healthy, healthy fix that. They need to start hitting their threes tonight. They finally started doing that. So hopefully these are encouraging trends that at least shows that they can still get better because eight and two is really good. Like if there's any way they could get even better than this, that's, that's a really good sign. I mean, if they go eight and two all season, it's going to be a great freaking season. Yeah. And what's crazy is that me and you, we talked a lot about in the off season, is that this team is going to have to learn how to gel together. Like the roster is so had so much turnover, and that's what's encouraging to me watching this team. Is yes, the defense has kind of helped them get to eight and two, but the offense, I feel like it's just now kind of clicking. Remember that first game? It was nothing but like post ups, post ups, and post ups, and now it's just like, hey, nobody can stop us if you do a pick and roll, like nobody and it's just encouraging to see frank vogel make adjustments in the game and not like well we're gonna adjust and like work on it the next game and no it's like in game yeah the staff is good enough to make the adjustments and you see tonight we did talk about the defense wasn't up to the standard that the lakers are setting but hey they only allowed 23 points in the fourth quarter so they did buckle down at the end and that's been the most encouraging thing to me is how fast Davis and LeBron have clicked. And then when the Lakers have needed it, because obviously, like you stated, Kuzma hasn't been there all season and he's just now getting his feet back under him. People have like filled in mm-hmm. when they needed to. And it's going to be nice if Kuzma is the third guy, like we've said all to every single one of our podcasts, like he was tonight. He was the second top scorer. But it's nice that they have these guys that are are, are coming in clutch. And the surprise of, of Dwight Howard... The fact that Vogel is playing Caruso and Caruso yeah. is now playing better. Um, it's been great. Like Caldwell Pope only playing eight minutes. That's just amazing stuff. Uh-huh. That <laughs> I think you brought up a really good point. And I didn't really even kind of think about this when I was listing off the things I've been uh, impressed with. But Frank Vogel's rotations and how, like you mentioned, his in-game management has been like fantastic. Like he's not the greatest X's and O's guys in terms of his offense. Like defensively, we, we all know he's a great defensive coach and that kind of shows with how this team's been playing. But in terms of making changes, like we saw down the stretch, he kind of subbed in Kuzma there for Danny Green towards the end. And that was kind of a, a move that definitely was polarizing. But then Kuzma hits two huge threes to kind of seal the game. Like that's a huge substitution at and that then- point, And he had the guts to do it. How about when Dwight Howard got in foul trouble late with five minutes left? He goes with Caruso and goes small. Yeah, he could totally have, changed it up. He could have played Rondo. I know Rondo had a minutes limit tonight, and he was already at that point. But he could have easily put in Rondo for Caruso tonight. Uh, Caruso had twenty, almost 25 minutes tonight. And like you said, KCP is kind of falling out of the rotation. And we know that KCP, like the ties he has with Clutch and LeBron, for him to have that kind of power and, and kind of not, not he's KCP's still going to play a ton, but to kind of have that authority to say you know you're only going to play five to eight minutes tonight, you're not playing that great lately, and kind of like play the hot hand. I've been really impressed that he's been able to do that and find these rotations, like uh, especially in that game against Chicago when he put those five guys in that didn't include LeBron and AD, and that that five man group basically won the game for them. So I've been really impressed with Frank Vogel in that sense. 
Um, let's talk about tonight's game. Like we said, the Lakers won 123 to 115. We were talking off air, but now that we're on air, I want you to read the stat that Lakers PR just sent you because it's pretty like mind blowing that the stuff the Lakers are fine. Like the Lakers are a good team again. And I think we're going to like get a lot of these stats as we keep going on the season. Like AD's 40, 20 game hasn't happened since 2003 and Shaq did it. Mm -hmm. And now tonight, what happened with the Lakers tonight? So tonight the Lakers had 39 assists, which is the most in their franchise since uh, 2009. And it's the highest road assist total for them since 1988. So they had 39 assists on, it looks like, 51 makes. So they had a huge, huge game That's of crazy. passing the ball. And and I think the most impressive thing about that, they only had nine turnovers. So they did a really good job passing the ball and a good job uh, making sure they didn't give the ball up to the Phoenix Suns, which I think really helped them in their transition defense also because that's been a talking point the last few weeks. And, of course, if you're turning the ball over, that lets the other team kind of get out in transition and get an easy bucket. So I think they did a really good job overall kind of containing them in that way. And also the Lakers bench outscored somebody tonight. They outscored the Phoenix Suns. It's a miracle for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that I think that's going to happen more often once Kuzma gets going. And tonight was a really good sign. He goes 9 of 16. Uh, from the field, three of six from threes, two of them coming at the end mm -hmm. to really seal this game for the Lakers. He finishes with 23 points, plus 10 tonight. Kyle Kuzma, um, hopefully, this is like the start of some consistency for him. I hope so. Like, we've kind of, like, his last few games have been kind of rough. Like, he definitely looks like a guy who's trying to find where he's supposed to be on the floor next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. He, he's not cutting as much. Like, in that first game back, we saw him at least cut and LeBron find him. And I think now he's kind of being more used, like, as a spot-up guy. And, of course, like, if he's not making his threes, then, of course, he's not going to look that great out there. And defensively, against like, a guy like Siakam, he had a lot of issues. So he's still definitely trying to get his conditioning back, trying to find out how to play with his with these new teammates. And I thought, actually, him playing with Rondo tonight actually helped him a lot because I think Rondo knows where Kuzma likes to get the ball where he likes to be like get it on the move instead of off the catch and I thought I, I, I hopefully tonight's a, a sign that he's kind of trending upward and I, I know conditioning and getting back is not like a it's not a straight line and there's gonna be bumps in the road but I thought tonight was definitely encouraging and him shooting 50% from three is just enormous for this team what I've loved about Kyle Kuzma so far is like even though his he's not really all the way there yet or maybe he is but he is just shooting with confidence. Mm -hmm. If he's open, he's shooting. If he's driving in, most likely he's shooting. I like that. I think him being aggressive is exactly what the Lakers need from him this year because, like we said, he's one of the few guys that can really make his own shot happen outside of AD and LeBron. So it's really good to me and encouraging that early on, coming off an injury, Kyle Kuzma is as aggressive as he is, and then tonight it paid off. Yeah, we saw that tonight and against Toronto. Like, he missed those two late threes against Toronto, but he still had the guts to take them and not pass up a wide-open shot, which this team kind of does a lot. Like, especially against, like, a zone defense, they usually pass up a lot of open threes, and at least he took them, and that's definitely the first step in making them. So hopefully, again, like I said, this is just, like, a an encouraging sign, and he definitely needs to hit threes in order for this team to kind of hit their ceiling. I really... Um was worried about Rajon Rondo coming back today. And you said um, that you thought it was pretty good for Kyle Kuzma. Um, the reason I was worried and why I'm sure other people on Twitter especially was that this is going to take all of Alex Caruso's minutes. 
Um, but no, it, it kind of took Quinn Cook's minutes and it kind of took KCP's minutes because they only played nine and eight respectively. Um, Rajon Rondo came 14 minutes tonight, two of six from the field, one of three from threes. Um, what do you think the return of Rondo, not just tonight, but is going to mean for this Lakers rotation and Alex Caruso and Quinn Cook specifically? Yeah, and Troy Daniels didn't even play tonight. So right, that, that's so true. That's, so we don't even know exactly when Daniels comes back. And how, he had a big that, game versus Toronto. Exactly. So I'm not really sure if who who gets their minutes cut here because Rondo's going to get I think a good 15 maybe to 20 minutes a night. Like just I think that's almost a guarantee basically on this team. Unless he unless he plays himself out of it, absolutely. And and we've seen like we said earlier, like Vogel has shown an ability to do that. He when guys aren't playing, he sits them down, and I, I thought he trusted Crusoe late in this fourth quarter in a really close game so i don't know who gets their minutes cut like i wouldn't mind seeing cook or daniels i'd rather have cook or daniels get their minutes kind of reduced than a guy like caruso because i think caruso just his defense just really needed out there and his extra plays playmaking and stuff like that but rondo i think tonight we kind of saw what this team is kind of have been missing with his absence like he definitely has flaws in his game we all know he's not the greatest defender anymore the negative kind of spacing he gives the team out there when he's on the floor. But I thought his playmaking uh, was definitely an added plus, And I thought he was really good in that sense of finding his guys. And we forget like him and AD have a really good relationship and really good on-court chemistry. And that's really valuable in like non-LeBron lineups. The only thing I'm kind of worried about is Rondo and LeBron did play a lot together, I think tonight. And we've all kind of had concerns about that. But what did you see? Did you, how did you think Rondo played in his first game back? I thought he was a, a little bit more aggressive than I thought he was going to be. Um, but it's like how much of his defensive liability is it, is it going to play like long term? Tonight, obviously, it was such an offensive game that it kind of didn't matter. But on Friday night when they played the Heat and they only gave up 80 points, like those are the kind of games that are going to worry me because if it's a defensive battle, I know the Lakers won by a lot. But if it's like a defensive battle... I feel like you can't have Rondo on the floor for those games. And I don't know how many of those games the Lakers are actually going to play in because the NBA is just really not like that anymore. I mean, giving up 80 points to an NBA team nowadays is, rare. is crazy. Um, so I'm just worried about that. And I I said it in the offseason, and I'll say it now, Vogel's going to give him a chance mm-hmm. because of all the reasons you listed, because his chemistry with uh, AD on and off the court. He plays well with Kuzma. He's been there before. Veteran leadership, which they don't have with Cook and Caruso. Um, I think he's going to get his minutes. And unless he plays himself out of it, he's going to get those minutes. And and I don't want him to take minutes from Caruso. Obviously, I think everybody sees what he does. This guy's legit. If you let him play, he's going to make plays. He may not score 20 points like he did at the end of every game last year because he doesn't have to on this team. He's going to dunk on somebody every game, which is nice. But... I don't know. Troy Daniels, I know he had a, a pretty good game against the Raptors, but he's only broken double digits twice. He's shooting 31% from three, which is not what you want from Troy Daniels because that's what they brought him on here to do. So I'm cool with, with him, I guess, taking the minutes from him. I, I But I've liked what Quinn Cook has done too. When he's played a good amount of minutes, he's played pretty well. So it, it's Rondo is the conundrum for every Laker fan, I think. And I think you can hear it in my voice. It's kind of just like... I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to see because we don't really know what Vogel's going to do. 
it, it's definitely like a wait and see thing with Rondo. Like I was tweeting out earlier, some positives that he does kind of bring to the court. Like he does little things like when he does like a little handoff, he also screens the his teammates defender in the process. And that kind of opened up an open three for Kuz. So he has all these kind of like veteran tricks and stuff that the other point guards on the team does, don't have. And like we've kind of always talked about, they definitely need someone on the bench who can help kind of facilitate and get people in the right spots because that bench scoring has been a big issue like we kind of joked about like they finally outscored a team today like their bench points and i think that might have been the first time all season they've done that i have to double check but it definitely doesn't feel like they're doing that and i know they're at the bottom of the league in bench points so he definitely has value like in terms of in a role i think the issue is how big the role eventually is i think if, if you push him to 20 minutes a game i think you're pushing it and kind of exposing his weaknesses a bit more but if you kind of keep him in this kind of condensed kind of short bites where it's just like little bits of rondo instead of like this whole meal of rondo i think that's okay but uh, i kind of want to go back to what you mentioned with caruso like i don't know i have a, i have to double check the last couple of game logs but it seems like caruso is playing more than cook and daniels and and other point guards on the team do you think he's kind of shown enough to kind of warrant him being like a the second or third string point guard over those guys Yes, and it's it's funny because he has he hasn't he has yet to make double digit points, but it's just something about him on the court. The Lakers just look better when he's on the court. It's kind of like an eye thing, and and I know that's not an analytical thing to say, well, but he was I, a plus fifteen tonight, which is the highest on the team. So yeah, I mean he only shot one of four, you know, uh-huh. and I think that one was a dunk if I remember correctly. But it's I'm. I think Caruso is only going to get better. Whereas I think we already know what we can expect from Rajon Rondo. If he has, you know, a good season, I think the ceiling is a lot higher for Caruso. And I want to keep seeing that evolve. And I'm fine if it's, you know, 20 minutes a game, but you know, don't give me no eight minutes a game. Cause then I'm not going to be very happy about that. That's, mm-hmm. that's KCP minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I've been impressed with what Vogel's done, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I kind of agree with it. <laughs> so it's a biased take, but I think his rotations have been solid. Um, I think he plays AD and LeBron enough minutes, but not like crazy amount of minutes, um, which is which is we're about to see what he's going to do with rest because this is the first night of a back-to-back, the Warriors tomorrow or tonight, whenever mm-hmm. you're listening to this. So I've been I've been impressed with what Frank Vogel's done. To, and a lot of that has to do with what he's done with Caruso, which is give him an opportunity, which he didn't early on, but now he is. Yeah, I think Caruso is always going to be the guy who would show how what like Vogel's kind of mindset is with this team. Is he going to play the guys who he thinks will give them the best chance of winning, or is he going to play the guys who have like the name value, this you know, like the back of the jersey type guys who we all know their names and. They have the experience, but a guy like Caruso is probably a better player now than other point guards on the team. And I, I think him kind of starting to trust Caruso and give him more of a expanded role in the team kind of speaks volumes to the type of coach Vo- uh, Frank Vogel is. And that's definitely an encouraging sign. That was something you and I were both worried about. We thought Caruso might be kind of getting the Jared Dudley spot where he will play yeah, a lot of games. Yeah, and now he's closing games down the stretch. So it's definitely... I, again, credit to Vogel, who coming into the season, a lot of people, he had his detractors and he a lot of people saying he wasn't the right coach for this team. But so far, you know, this team, even though they have slow starts in the first halves and stuff, they still play hard. They play really good disciplined defense for most games so far. And they 
they're gelled really well. And I think that a lot of that should be credited to Vogel. I said this on uh, my my radio show, the day job that I do, and and I I don't know if people agree with me, and and but the way I see it with Frank Vogel is, I think the Lakers lucked into a better situation with Vogel than it would have been with Tyron Lue. I think with Tyron Lue, there's just a lot of headlines that would have came if he would have got the job. Um, that I just think is a, a distraction that's just not there right now. And I think Vogel is just kind of like a perfect coach for them, like a low-key guy who just like, you know, is analytical, but is also – we've seen that he's he's just going to go with the hot hand at the same time. I just – I obviously I cannot tell what Tyron Lue would have done as a Lakers head coach. Nobody could. But I just think that they avoided so many distractions with with takes, with headlines, with stories, with everything going with Vogel. And luckily, they haven't struggled, so we haven't got to the Jason Kidd narrative yet. Um, but I just think they looked into a better situation. I don't know if they looked into a better coach. I just think they looked into a better situation by Ty Lu not coming here and not taking the job. I mean, we'll, I mean, I guess we'll never know. But I, at this point, like, it's hard to find much complaints about how Vogels handled the job. And like, knock on wood, like we haven't heard any like any kind of story coming out of this team, like negative story in ten games. It, it felt like all last year we were always in the headlines about something and it's been Magic actually Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess him leaving also played a run part in that, but yeah, it's been actually really quiet in terms of uh, the Lakers this year outside of like maybe the AD shoulder news, like in how his quotes recently about how he's been playing through kind of pain and stuff like that. But besides that, and I guess AD is even his comments about Chicago also, but um, nothing like, like tabloidy, which is actually kind of weird for this Lakers team. Like usually yeah. we're used to these types of headlines. And like maybe Vogel, uh, Vogel's this really kind of cheerful and always kind of gives these really detailed analytical answers in his questions. And I think he's really approachable with the media. And I think he's just been like a calm, calming presence on this locker room and around like in practices and stuff like that. So maybe you're right. Like maybe he was the right guy for this job all along and, even though he might not have been the first or second choice, maybe he was the right guy after all. Yeah, and like like I said, like you, like you said, there's really no way of proving me wrong or right or whatever. So I just I I liked what Vogel has done so far this year, and 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 it's been distraction free, so that helps a lot. Um, what else from tonight stood out to you? Obviously, you look at the box score: Kyle Kuzma, the second top score. Uh, AD with another big night: twenty four points, twelve rebounds. LeBron almost another triple double: nineteen, eleven, and seven. Um, obviously we've talked about Kyle Kuzma, his big night, two huge threes at the end, LeBron James. I don't know what he was doing that final minute (laughs) of the game. He shot a three from half court and he posted up and just threw like a a giant arch that had no chance. Um, and then also he missed some free throws down late. LeBron was not good at the end, but Uh it didn't really matter. Um, every NBA team has a game where the free throws cost them a game. I thought today for a long time, it was going to be tonight for the Lakers. They went 11 of 21 on free throws. That stood out to me the most. That scared me, but obviously it didn't end up hurting them with the loss. What about for you? Anything else? I I was going to mention the free throws as well, because that gave me some really bad deja vu from last year, where it felt like every other game, the Lakers lost because of missed free throws. And LeBron down the stretch with his free throw misses really kind of, I had a bad feeling in my stomach that they were going to blow this game because of that. And then his shot selection also kind of compounded that. And 
I don't know what he was doing, really. Like, he hit that three, like, to give them the lead. And then I think that gave him, like, this extra confidence where he he just felt like his shot was on. And he was just going to shoot it every time down from, like, like, insanely deep. And thankfully, the Lakers got, like, an offensive rebound. And Kuzma buried that huge three to kind of bail him out. But, uh, I mean, just looking at LeBron's numbers, he had 11 assists and only one turnover tonight. Like, again, he's just been amazing passing the ball this year. Like... I know he's having. His I think it's uh, I think it's pretty easy when you have AD and Dwight and Javale down there. Yeah, I think he's doing a really good job, like finding Dwight. And I know Dwight's not the most like explosive like center anymore, but he's kind of like lobbing it over the defenders right into his hands. It was just like insane to me, and he's just whipping these corner passes to shooters nonstop. I think LeBron's definitely a guy who might have like the assist like a uh, leader this season, just because of all the assists he has and. I've been impressed with LeBron, like, defensively. I'm going to write a piece about him uh, next few days or so because I think at least his effort level is just way better this year compared to last year. So I think LeBron in general, even though he had some bad, like, spots towards the end of the game, I think he's been amazing for this team, basically taking on this primary leader role and, and creator role, and he's done a really good job deferring to Anthony Davis and finding his guys where, you know, spots where they can succeed. And I think he's been fantastic. I think you know, towards the end of the season, if they keep playing this well, he's definitely going to be in the conversation for MVP, I think. Uh, LeBron is leading the NBA in assists. He has 11 averaging on the season. The second place is Luka Doncic with a nine. Mm-hmm. So a big gap between first and second. I had no idea James Harden was averaging 37.3 points a game. That is ridiculous. That's crazy. His, his shooting numbers are, are pretty gross, though, I think. Are they? Is uh, he just shooting 50? Is it him and Russ shooting 50 times? I, I, I don't know, but I think I, I know he's shooting a lot, like a lot of threes. <laughs> I know that's like, Duh. Like it's James Harden, he shoots a lot of threes, but I think he's shooting like a ton of threes this year, like way more than usual. <laughs> well, another thing uh, to talk about: Anthony Davis leading the league in blocks, three point one. Anthony Davis is everything that you could have asked for so mm-hmm. far this year. Like it's not even, it's not even close. Um, I haven't checked the box score, but did as Brandon Ingram uh, scored forty and got twenty yet? <laughs> no, I think I think your fingers are okay for now. For now, yeah. for now, but. Um, the Lakers have four home games coming up in a row. Not obviously back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, but uh, they take on the – hold on one second. Tomorrow night or Wednesday, whenever you're hearing this, they take on the Warriors at home, then the Kings on Friday, the Hawks on Sunday, and the Thunder on Tuesday. None of those teams are at 500 or better. They all have losing records. If the Lakers lose any of these games, it would be bad because these are the games where you should be piling up the wins. Um, You will play Oklahoma City back-to-back. I don't know how that works in the NBA or why they do that, but that's weird. Um, So they're playing Oklahoma City after that, Memphis, and then you're playing San Antonio. So it's going to be a while before you play an elite team. I mean, Lakers should go four four zero by the time we come back, right? They should. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have it checked the schedule until you just read it out out loud to me, and that's definitely a soft part of their schedule. And the Kings don't have De'Aaron Fox, yep. so he's not going to play. And, and then they've just been a train wreck this year, also. No, even when he has no, played. Obviously, no Steph Curry tomorrow. No Clay Thompson tomorrow. Are Are you I, worried about the back to back games and how this team, who's yes. an older team, how they respond to those types of games? I believe Harrison just put up a poll on Twitter. Uh-huh. Let me double check that it was Harrison. And um, who should be uh, benched tomorrow for rest, or who should be on bench? Uh, no, it wasn't. I don't know who it was. I'm sorry, Harrison. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, somebody just put. Maybe it was Sedano from ESPN. 
um, who the Lakers should rest tomorrow. Who do you think the Lakers should rest tomorrow, if anybody? It was Sedano. Um, should they bet? Should they should they rest LeBron? Should they rest Anthony Davis? Both of them or neither? I I wouldn't mind giving AD a day off. Like I, like he got hurt again today. Like he hurt his ribs and he went back to the locker room and he came back eventually and played. But we all know his shoulders still bothering him. Like I I think eventually you're gonna need to give him a day off. Like I I think he's a guy who's way too important for this team's success, like long term, to kind of overdo it, especially this early on. Like you're eight and two, you're gonna play a Warriors team who's just uh, I atrocious. Mean, it's really bad. Like I, I think t- tomorrow's a game where you could start Kuzma. And you go like Kuzma, LeBron. I think Kuzma's shown that his conditioning's good enough to play twenty five to thirty minutes a game and. Give AD at least one game game off and get him ready for the next one. Just see how that how he responds to that. Uh, that's what I would do. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't blame them if they play him, but I just think I I always kind of side towards like precaution and just being safe. What about you? Uh, <laughs> I would probably agree with you. I mean, my wildest thought is both of them. Like, why not? Ooh, I don't know. But, I don't, do you think they can beat the Warriors without LeBron and AD? They should. Um. Is Draymond suspended because he got kicked out of a game oh, yesterday? God. I'm not sure. I'm not but, sure. Uh, but I know I mean, D'Angelo is playing very well for them. Yeah, I know they're not gonna. I know they're not gonna bench both of them. But I agree with you. I would go Anthony Davis. They should definitely uh, rest one of them. And they have an excuse when Anthony Davis, his shoulders messed up, his ribs are messed mm-hmm. up. He's clear. There's video of him grimacing. So you're not gonna have an NBA Clippers Kawhi situation no. on your hands. So I think absolutely rest Anthony Davis. I mean, at worst, just put him in warmups and jersey like. And if you need them, then I guess. But I don't foresee the Lakers needing them. I mean, they're flying back from Phoenix. It's a short flight. They'll be in bed by probably midnight tonight. So it's not like the worst back-to-back ever. Um, So I'm cool with resting Anthony Davis. Most definitely. Do you think they will? I think that's a better question. Yeah, actually, I do. And okay. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think because he is banged up and because he is showing it on the court, um, why not? You know, I, I mean, you don't ever like want to say it's a guaranteed win, which it's not. It never is in the NBA, but this is as close as it's going to get for the Lakers this early on. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely hope. I, I don't think they're going to go as much as the Clippers do with Kawhi in terms of load management, that type of stuff. But I definitely hope they do find spots in the schedule where they give LeBron and Anthony Davis nights off and kind kind of know that they have to play this long game and get them ready for the playoffs like they're def they've definitely got a good like start to the season eight and two is great like they can afford to sit one of those two guys out especially especially like within these games coming up here like this is a perfect time to do that if you're going to do it like you mentioned AD is legit hurt like we know like every game he's grimacing like he's always on the floor looking like he's in a ton of pain like this is the time to do it. So if they don't do it now, I'd be interested when they decide to, to kind of pull them out for a game or two. Cause this seems like a perfect time to do it. You know what tomorrow screams to me? A trap game. I don't know. No, a KCP drops 20, <laughs> 20 kind of game. He, he He's I've... due. Like he last season, he would just have these random, like 25 point games, like out of nowhere. So that that would definitely be helpful. <laughs> I'm hoping that tomorrow is one of those games where Vogel can experiment with some rotations. You know, because you're not going to have 
there's going to be games where AD's in foul trouble. There's going to be games where LeBron's not playing, you know, not not mm-hmm. not playing well, just maybe resting. I hope tomorrow there's an opportunity for Vogel to kind of experiment with some lineups. So tomorrow, if the Lakers have a lead, I don't mind if KCP drops 25 minutes a game and Rondo plays 20 minutes and, and there's a Cook Caruso KCP lineup in there somehow. Like that's tomorrow's the kind of game where um, I'm cool with it. Experiment a little bit. If you get the win, get the win first. Yeah, and they have the ro- like their full roster is back now. Like the, we're finally going to get a sense of how good this team is because everyone is. Uh, I mean, they're banged up some guys, but they're all available to play. Like Troy Daniels, I think was available to play, but he just didn't play tonight. So I think basically Vogel has every card in the deck here, and he could kind of shuffle them up and see which lineups are the best. Now he could kind of experiment. So I think these next few games. Some guys, their minutes are going to fluctuate. Like we said, KCP might play 20 minutes one game, and then he might play eight minutes like tonight. So it's very much who's the hot hand, I think. And it'll be interesting to see how Vogel kind of handles the rotations now that everyone's back. The Lakers win 123-115 tonight versus the Phoenix Suns. They improved to 8-2 and two on the season, second-best record in the NBA as of Tuesday night, uh, right behind the Boston Celtics. Uh Anthony Davis, 24 points. Kyle Kuzma, 23. LeBron James, 19. And Danny Green with 14. This is Danny Green's uh, biggest game of the season since the Dallas game, I believe. Yeah, since mm-hmm. the Dallas game. So, big night from Danny Green. Big night from Dwight Howard again. Yeah. Just guys, make, Rondo making plays tonight. Caruso making some plays. Avery Bradley made some plays tonight. It's good to see a team win uh, on the road, kind of, uh, for the Lakers. <laughs> Alex, uh you wrote, I know it's it might be dated at this point, but on Monday you wrote about the Lakers' Achilles heel on defense that the Raptors were able to exploit. Uh, you're also going to write something on LeBron that you briefly mentioned. What are you going to write about LeBron on SilverScreenAndRoll.com? So I'm like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to write about his defense because I think his defense this season has been way better than it has been. I think not even last year, but in like a few years. I think his rotations have been really good. We see him taking charges. We saw that like a lot in the Dallas game. Um, I, I think he's been way more of a vocal leader out there. He's kind of telling guys where they need to be. He's, I think, taking more blame when his his guy scores on him and is kind of pointing to himself and saying, my bad. I think he's taking more of a leadership role in terms of uh, like his, his effectiveness on defense. And early in the season, we kind of heard him say that Anthony Davis and the coach kind of like challenged him and kind of challenged him to be this defensive player that he's definitely capable of. I know he's definitely getting older and stuff, but he's still insanely strong and he has the athleticism to still kind of be a really effective defender. And I think so far he's been a huge reason why this team has been as good as, as they have been on defense. Because if your best player is trying his hardest on defense, you know everyone else has to kind of follow that example. And last year we saw he didn't really try that hard on defense and if you're young guys on the team and you see that from your, you know, the best player in the world and your teammate, of course, you're not going to try your hardest either. And I thought that was a bad trickle down effect last year. And I think this year is the opposite. I think it's having a positive trickle down effect. And I think having a guy like AD, who's like you said, leader in blocks and tries his hardest, like to kind of push him. He has a guy who can push him and he can listen to who he sees as like a, like an equal peer. So I think just overall, I just about LeBron's defense and kind of this resurgence we're seeing this year. You can catch that on silverscreenandroll.com. You can follow him at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. Plenty of NBA on there. You watch like every game and like tweet about it. I'm very impressed by you, man. I have no like, life. 
It's basically I have no life. It's either that or wrestling. So um, I, the Lakers were playing on Sunday night, and I was like at a bar watching some football, <laughs> and I was like, I can't tweet about anything right now. Like I, I'm just like enjoying watching the Lakers this season, and that's been like my biggest one of my obviously on court stuff, but like my biggest like feeling of the season mm-hmm. is like, man, the Lakers are fun to watch again, and it's been so long. It, it definitely it definitely makes it easier to write about this team. Like I was talking to someone else on the site, and it's definitely it, it's a lot more fun trying to find angles to write about because, like you said, they're more fun this year. It's not about kind of these end of the bench guys who we just hope one day become starters or G League guys we hope one day can make the team. Like we're having a fun competitive team now, and that's definitely way more fun to write about and way more fun to kind of watch and tweet along with everyone and kind of lakers twitter because we've kind of been suffering for the last four or five years so now we kind of this is our coming out party in a way well the lakers win again eight and two on the season alex next tuesday we can we will re- get together and do another talk o tuesday which is our official podcast name here on silver screen and roll and um we'll see how the lakers fare against four bad teams we'll talk to you next week all right thanks man